The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Everyday Cannabis with host Eva Sativa. This groundbreaking podcast aims to clear the smoke on reefer madness by providing honest, open, and real cannabis talk with no sticks, no seeds, and no shame. Now, here's your host, Eva Sativa. Welcome, and you are listening to Everyday Cannabis with me, Eva Sativa, my trusty service dog, Boris. And my awesome co-host, Katie Ryder, and today's fantastic guests who are here to talk to us about ALMA. Uh, If you don't know what that stands for, it's the Adult Use of Marijuana Act. In a nutshell, it's a marijuana legalization initiative that is being proposed for the November 2016 California ballot. Now, California has always been an epicenter of what's happening with uh, uh, cannabis, so it's something that is definitely uh, everyone will want to pay attention to. And we're going to be live tweeting during this episode. Uh, Take a minute. Let us know your thoughts, listener questions. Get answered. Uh, Let us know if you wish to remain anonymous. That's fine. Eva Sativa. 775 is my Instagram and Twitter handle. You can follow me on Facebook or connect on LinkedIn. My full name is Eva Sativa Losey, L-O-S-E-Y. It's a tricky one, Grossman. Uh, That's how you can find me on LinkedIn or Facebook, or you can just email me at eva at everydaycannabisradio.com. Let me know what you want to know about cannabis. Do you have questions for growers, doctors, lawyers? Would you like to be a guest or have a product reviewed? Just let us know. So um, I'm really excited that we have these amazing and talented thought leaders here on the show today. And firstly, I'd like to welcome everyone. Thank you so much for being here with us. We really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank, thank you for having thank us. Thank you. Right. Yeah. Yes. Excited to be here. Thanks. And, and welcome listeners, too. Uh, thank you uh, for tuning in. This is your show, too. I definitely don't do it because I like to hear the way my voice sounds recorded. Uh, <laughs> it's always weird when you hear that. Um, but it's your show because we want to be here for you to educate, to assist, to provide reliable uh, information in a, in a sea of misinformation, <laughs> and um, I want to be your cannabis coach. So tell me, what is it that you want to know or talk about, too? There's no taboo topic on this show related to, to cannabis um, or, or uh, health or just uh, no, fu- no more pictures of uh, fuzzy bananas, please. So, um, Lauren Vasquez, I'd like to introduce first. Lauren Vasquez is uh, the fired up lawyer, and she is. Uh, she has worked for over a decade to end cannabis prohibition and advance alternatives to the failed war on drugs. 
in 2011, she launched her own practice, providing advice and legal services to advocacy groups, collectives, cooperatives, vendors, and cultivators. Lauren is also on the faculty of Oaksterdam University and is the new National Deputy Director of Communications for the Marijuana Policy Project. I have not had the pleasure of meeting her uh, face-to-face, but I've heard her speak, and I'm really excited to have her. Thank you, Lauren. We also have Chris Conrad with us today. Chris specializes in cannabis legal defense, and he serves as a court-qualified cannabis expert in 35 California counties, six states, federal district courts, and U.S. courts martial. He's given testimony that's helped to shape California medical marijuana law over the course of a number of years. He's been the founder and director of several organizations. He was even the first president of the Hemp Industries Association. Chris also teaches at Oaksterdam University and the International Pharmacological Academy, and he's given numerous presentations for both continuing legal education and continuing medical education programs. He's also, by the way, married to prominent human rights activist, Mickey Norris. And, and that, it's great to be here. And uh, I would also mention my newest book is A Newbie's Guide to Cannabis and the Industry. So I'm uh, hoping that some of your listeners will take a chance to check it out. That's great. And, uh, and I'll give you another chance to tell them where they can find it and all that good stuff as well uh, during the show. So uh, this is a great way of, uh, segue to introducing our third guest, your uh, wife, uh, <laughs> the one and only uh, Mickey Norris, who has been an activist for drug policy reform since the late 80s when she formed the American Hemp Council and Family Council on Drug Awareness with you, uh, Chris Conrad, who is also on the show, and has passionately pursued educating the public on the many uses of hemp and to network and strategize with activists and business people on how to advance the movement. In 1993, she and Chris moved to Amsterdam uh, to design exhibits for and curate the Hash Marijuana Hemp Museum, where I've been and I have seen, and that is so cool. Uh, I, I was there in 96. Six, so I, I assume I would have. That would be your exhibit that I had seen. Um, that's that right. That, oh. that's correct. Uh, that is correct. We updated it again in two thousand, but it has since been uh, renovated and expanded. So wow. I'm not sure what is that? Where it's at at this point? Because we haven't been to Amsterdam since two thousand and nine, but we hope to get there next year to see what they're what they're doing. Not to mention that they've also expanded to Barcelona. They have a museum there now as well. Well, all I can say is if, if somebody had told me that when I was in Amsterdam, uh, uh, back when I was there at that museum, that I would someday meet the person uh, who, who, who did that, I would never believe it. <laughs> so it's an honor. Um, and also, so as a community action coordinator for California's for Medical Rights, um, I know that you've helped organize petitioners to qualify the Medical Marijuana Initiative, Prop 215, the Compassionate Use Act for the 1996 ballot. Um, and you, you're currently a co-publisher and founder of the Leaf Online, um, and and we'll plug that for ev- uh, let make sure everyone knows where that is. But it's theleafonline.com. Um, you're the director of Cannabis Consumers Campaign, www.cannabisconsumers.org, uh, coordinator of Human Rights and the Drug. Uh, war, which is www.hr95.org, 
uh, co-author of Shattered Life, Portraits from America's Drug War, and co-author of Human Rights and the Drug War. These books uh, are eye-opening, and the photos, uh, you know, they say a, a picture is worth a, a thousand words. They truly are. Uh, I, I, I wasn't, uh, I haven't read all of them, but I was looking at the pictures, and I have to say, that you would have to have a heart made of apathy, denial, and steel wool to not be affected. <laughs> so um, great, they're great. Uh, thank you for being with us. Well, thank you. So with those introductions, um, I don't think that, uh, you know, we'd be selling them short to say that, you know, they're not ex- or they're experts in cannabis. And that's why we've invited these guests this week is to really give us uh, some education on what is Prop 64, <clears throat> And to tell voters out there who may not even be cannabis users, um, you know, what's at stake? So to start, uh, why don't you guys explain to us what is Proposition 64? Well, Chris, you want to go ahead and get started? Yeah, on sure. Where, <laughs> we're, is, where we're at? Yeah. Basically, um, as you mentioned earlier, the voters passed Proposition 215 in 1996 to create a legal defense for um marijuana patients and a caregiver. And then it was in 2003 that they created a defense for uh, collectives. And that has remained in the, basically the only marijuana protections we've had here in California until last year when the legislature created a license system for dispensaries. But they also took away the collective defense for patients to, who grow and sell for each, to each other. Um, and so into the midst of all this comes um, <laughs> Prop 64, which is the Adult Use of Marijuana Act. And basically what it does is it, uh, it uh, legalizes small amounts, six ounces, excuse me, um, one ounce, uh, eight grams, and six plants, um, one ounce and six grams, one ounce and eight grams per adult, and six plants per household. I'm sorry, I'm getting my sixes and eights mixed up there, uh, for a, a personal use. And it also allows people to share and to carry their marijuana with them when they uh, go visiting friends and things like that. Uh, The next thing it does is it resets the penalties for marijuana throughout the whole system, um, except in a few cases, uh, moving retroactively, downgrading uh, felonies to misdemeanors. Uh, Some of it becomes legal. uh, Some of it becomes infractions. And the misdemeanors mostly become infractions. So it resets the the criminal penalties at a lower rate. Uh, People who have already gotten... Um, histories of being arrested and convicted can have their records uh, reset, expunged, cleaned up. People who are in prison will be released. Uh, People who are in trial or uh, in a court hearing are going to have those things adjusted down. Then the other thing that does is it creates a a taxed and regulated distribution system where people who want to sell marijuana or grow it commercially have to get specific licenses in order to do that. The next thing it does is that it creates a taxation system and distributes those taxes around. And um, I'm not going to do that right now, but it it directs them not into the general fund, but to some specific uses. Uh, The next thing that it does is it allows the uh, farmers to grow industrial hemp here in California without having to get a federal DEA license. And then the last thing of this particular summary would be to allow for um, uh, the legislature to adjust penalties down and, and make other uh, adjustments throughout. But it, it's very, they can only do certain things. They can't recriminalize marijuana. They can't increase penalties. They can reduce penalties. They can legalize more things. They can adjust the uh, regulatory scheme, things like that. And so uh, that's basically what it does. And then uh, everything else becomes the details of how that works. One thing I think is really important for your listeners to understand, though, is that um, 
this will also make it so that police will no longer be able to search people because they have the odor of marijuana on them. Because since marijuana is legal after this passes, that will no longer be considered probable cause for a search. And so this is going to be really important, especially to ethnicities, people of color and so forth, who are, tend to get harassed by law enforcement. That's, yeah, that's huge. That's a huge that's change. Huge. Uh, we are coming up on, on a break uh, here, so um, I want to um, give you guys a chance to plug some things, and um, I want to let uh, everyone know, you know, you're listening to the Everyday Cannabis Show with Eva Sativa and Katie Ryder. Uh, we're talking with, you know, not just industry thought leaders, but game changers today, dreamers and doers. This industry requires uh, a lot of determination, talent, and patience, sometimes a little luck to make major changes, but it is really about the power of the people. So vote and show your support. Your thoughts or questions about uh, about this are very important. Um, this has been long time a movement before it was an industry. It's been a crusade. For many years. So, you know, if you love cannabis, don't let that culture die and do something to help ensure access spreads and is well regulated to protect the consumer. Um, so I would really like you guys to check out friends of prop64.org and check out what they're doing. Again, be sure to um, oh, and see a current uh, chart of penalties and how Prop 64 adjusts them on their website there. Uh, be sure, again, to check out Mickey Norris's Human Rights and the Drug War Memorial page because if that does not move you to get out and vote for the purpose of our basic human rights to not be shot and have our children taken or raided in our homes with uh, no knock or to have our lives ended or families destroyed over nothing more than just a few joints or a small amount of cannabis, then, you know, stay with it and and help everybody everybody stay on top of it. So uh, we're going to take a break now. Thank you, everyone. And we'll be right back with some really, uh, really more interesting and exciting stuff from the rest of our speakers. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Cannabis is your passion, and you've worked hard to build your business. But the industry is evolving. Every day, new regulations make it harder to stay competitive. At Greenlight Drafts, we think compliance should make it easier. Our operations, plans, policies, and procedures can help your business comply with complicated and time-consuming requirements. While cannabis may be your passion, ours is compliance. Call us today at 844-GRN-LGHT. That's 844-GRN-LGHT. Or visit us online at Greenlight Drafts. Do you want your business to change the world? At Pistol and Stigma, we know that the most successful organizations add holistic value to their communities. Our government and community relations professionals use methods that encourage social impact and accountability to develop your mission-driven work. Find out how at PistolandStigma.com or contact us at 1-844-476-5448. That's 1-844-476-5448. Pistol and Stigma, connecting people to policy and you to your community. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. 
listening to Everyday Cannabis. If you have a question or comment about our show, please send an email to Eva at EverydayCannabisRadio.com. That's Eva at EverydayCannabisRadio.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to the show. It's me, Eva Sativa, Katie Ryder, and we are speaking with Mickey Norris, Lauren Vasquez, and Chris Conrad today about the Adult Use of Marijuana Act. And uh, I say, let's just dive into it. Um, uh, Lauren, uh, what, would you tell me a little bit about, you know, your involvement uh, with this and and um, wh- what do you think are the most important things for people to understand about Prop 64 and, and how it pertains to them and why it's, you know, it's such an important, important thing for people to, to understand? Well, I think most importantly, is what it does to restore social justice because that's you know what we're talking about here really with the big picture and so it has some really great provisions to kind of undo the harm that's been done by prohibition in California so especially when it comes to to the tax money and where it's going to go but the law is retroactive so anybody that is sitting in jail or awaiting trial or imprisoned when this law passes uh, if if they or convicted of something that becomes legal or has a lesser penalty, they can immediately petition for release, uh, resentencing, uh, and cases will be dropped uh, outright. And so uh, immediately it's going to have an effect. We expect to see you know, hundreds of cases uh, going to be dropped immediately in the weeks preceding after the election. So wow. we're really excited about that. That's amazing. Yeah, that's amazing. And, you know, I've thought about that so many times because I think, you know, uh, about it in the case of even patient cards, because um, here in the state of Nevada, uh, one of the things that you can't get a card is if you've had like a felony drug or something kind of, you know, and sometimes they trump up these charges. So I'm thinking, well, what about the poor patients before, you know, before this was legal who may have gotten, you know, charges for possession or something will they reverse those charges they why can't they be patients now you know (laughs) yeah it's kind of sad because they you know if they weren't really if they really weren't trafficking and they were just growing some plants to medicate themselves and now it's legal they should be able to get a card you know (laughs) fortunately fortunately in california that isn't the case that anybody can get a card in fact people who are on parole or probation they can also retain their rights to grow but with special permission by the courts as well but um the good news is that because it um protects you know all all adults it allows people even with a criminal history a criminal record for drug you know for drug offenses they can even get into the industry that that's not going to prevent them from getting a license to be able to grow or sell cannabis as well so wow. that that is a, a very good aspect of this initiative and you know uh, it doesn't change any of the medical marijuana laws it protects all them and it adds the protection for patients who have children from having their children taken away from them just for if they're in compliance with with the Prop 64 provisions. So 
We're excited about that, Prop 64, as well as the Medical Cannabis Regulation and Safety Act, which is the new legislation that that our legislature just passed and our governor signed last year. So it's very good for patients in that they they will not have to worry about uh, the police deciding who is is a qualified patient or not, because for all non-medical, this is all, this is while Prop 64 is aimed at non-medical marijuana, it will protect patients as well. So we're excited. We're excited about that. I'm I'm really excited about that. What you were saying about parents, you know, um, I was fortunate enough to, to come out here and, and open, uh, one the, one of the, well, the first seed to sale dispensary, um, and, and the first dispensary in Reno. And a lot of the patients, you know, thought it might be a trap <laughs> or or mm. that it was a trick or something, and they were very concerned about certain rights. And parents, uh, you know, we just did a sh- an episode on Tuesday about being a parent in the industry, the parent and a patient, or a parent of a patient. And and the big fear, of course, is always that that someday someone's going to take your your children from you uh, because you may be driving in your car and uh, and they'll do a, do do a talks you know test and most patients come up over you know as because we always have it in our system so that this has some protection for parents uh, in it that, that yes I think it does it, it protects it protects them against uh, CPS the child protective services from mm-hmm. taking their children away if they're in compliance with the laws and also in family court because we find that there's lots of situations where uh, in a divorce proceeding and custody battles that up until now, the people who used alcohol can can get the kids and people who use cannabis, they, they have been biased against them. So this evens mm-hmm. the playing field a little bit more because it protects the parents uh, with their right to, to use cannabis if and, they're and a patient. I like to jump in too, which is that uh, I think one of the things that's uh, an obstacle for us within the people who support cannabis legalization, a lot of them don't realize uh, how bad the situation is right now. Like I've worked on a, at least a half a dozen or more cases of people whose children were being taken away because they were patients with medical marijuana in the house. I've worked on over 2,500 cases since Props 215 was passed. Um, you know, I, I've testified in court more than 350 times on these cases. Most of these involve felony charges of cultivation, which will be legal once the initiative passes. And so I keep hearing from these people saying, oh, things are fine like they are. I'll just get my doctor's note. No, the doctor's note is a defense. That means you have to get arrested and charged before it's even going to help you. And so uh, with the initiative, it's just not illegal. And, 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 and so, um, like I say, you know, a lot of people tell me that nobody's getting arrested for marijuana. But in fact, it matters. We have over 10,000 arrests every year for felony marijuana charges and an unknown number for misdemeanors and infractions. So the, the notion that things are fine like they are is really um, uh, it's, it's the complacency that people feel in California is one of the obstacles that we face on this. Because as long as there's other people getting busted, they don't notice the fact that people are getting busted. They don't think people are getting busted. But people like me and Lauren who work in the course, we see it. Wow, that is, that's interesting. That's really All right, guys. Well, people really, you know, they're fired up here in California because they think that they're losing their Prop 215 rights. And it's really important to, 
you know, understand we don't have rights under Prop 215. We have a limited immunity, a limited exception. We're still considered criminals um, with this special doctor's note exception. And so um, we don't have any rights to have any amount of cannabis. And so under Prop 64, uh, up to an ounce of flowers outright is legal. Six plants anyone can grow. And right now one plant is a felony. And people really do go to jail for, for cannabis. You know, just a few plants is enough and I've dealt with with people uh, who've had the cops come and uh, arrest them for just a couple of plants that are clearly legal under Prop 215 but the cops still have that option so Prop 64 is going to give us rights it is going to give us that protection from search and seizure that everybody thinks we have now but we really don't. Good point. Uh, and, and the other thing um, that you have to mention there Lauren is the fact that Prop 215 does not protect home grows uh, the, according to the courts, uh, localities can ban home grows uh, for the medical marijuana law, but Prop 64 is going to come along. It's going to make it so they can't ban home grows anymore. So, um, I, I, you know, a lot of people don't understand that. Mm-hmm. Well, I understand that because um, I, I, you know, being a patient, um, I have a, a lot of severe issues going on. Um, and so I have to medicate quite a bit and I could never afford to do it. Um, if, if I couldn't grow my own and, and make my own medicines, you know, so I feel very oh. strongly about patient grow rights because, I mean, when I worked, uh, even working in the industry and being having access to samples and things like that all the time, I could never, I could never uh, be able to medicate myself properly mm-hmm. without being able to grow. Uh, ah. It's just too hard. Right. I'd like to add, uh, just for some clarification, that uh, Patients will retain their right to grow a reasonable amount that they could defend in court. Um, yeah. and, but all, all people, all adults, I should say, per household are, are allowed to grow their six plants and keep the entire harvest of their six plants as well. So while they only can go outside with, let's say, an ounce each per adult, they can keep their harvest that they grow at home in a, in a safe and secure place. And mm-hmm. so that's a good thing too. It doesn't, it doesn't make it completely legal beyond six plants. After that, it's a misdemeanor if you grow more than six plants. So that's downgraded from what is currently a felony, which mm-hmm. means that a lot of people are not going to be going to jail. Well, that's great. I mean, uh, we, yeah, here in, in Nevada, as you know, probably it's, it's 12 plants and, um, you know that that's fine for personal use. Uh, I mean, every you know, there's a always a black market and a gray market, and um, those those are the the focus uh, that should be people's attention rather than you know just a patient growing a few plants for their, their own medical benefit. I feel. And- also, with the initiative Prop 64 here, uh, you're going to have places where people can buy their plants. So even though it says you can only have six plants, remember, you don't necessarily need to start from seeds and pick out the females and see which ones mm-hmm, are healthy. Mm-hmm. You better go to a store, buy the six plants, and grow them from there. So that's going to make home grows a lot easier to do. Oh, yeah, that's neat. That's neat, and, yeah. And while it bans outdoor, I mean, and while it bans uh, public consumption, you can't just go around and, and public and smoke. There are going to be permits available for retailers to have smoking lounges, like for on-site consumption. So we're excited about that provision as well, because that, you know Chris and I lived in Amsterdam, and it was great to be able to go to a coffee shop, 
go buy your cannabis, go smoke it there, drink a cappuccino while you're doing it and visit with your friends. And we need places for people to be able to go and medicate and uh, medicate or just consume in public because it's oh my not going to need a doctor's note anymore if you if you can comply with the you know with, with uh, the one ounce and the, the six plants provisions. Yeah, that's a dream come true. Great to reduce stigma too. Yeah. that way. Yeah. The stigma to me is is that like one of the the most important things. The 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 coming into the legal era, it's going to change the whole paradigm to be considered 100% legal. We've In California, we've had prohibition for 103 years already, and we've not experienced what it's like to, to have some things absolutely legal. Even with the medical, as, as Chris and Lauren have said, it's a limited immunity. But this will be 100% legal. It's going to change society to, ex- to allow and accept that adults can legally use it that that's going to enable people to come out of the closet and by coming out of the closet we're going to help to end the the stigma that has that has caused so much discrimination against so many good people but when they see that cannabis consumers are are great people i i have to say they are some of the nicest most intelligent honest decent compassionate creative and hardworking people that i know and so we're going to be able to show that and and hopefully get more rights as we go on and, and on, that, on that note uh, we have to take a quick break but uh while we do uh everyone get on your inner tubes and share your thoughts uh thank you for that that was great lauren information and we'll be right back Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Cannabis is your passion, and you've worked hard to build your business. But the industry is evolving. Every day, new regulations make it harder to stay competitive. At Greenlight Drafts, we think compliance should make it easier. Our operations, plans, policies, and procedures can help your business comply with complicated and time-consuming requirements. While cannabis may be your passion, ours is compliance. Call us today at 844-GRN-LGHT. That's 844-GRN-LGHT. Or visit us online at Greenlight Drafts. Do you want your business to change the world? At Pistol and Stigma, we know that the most successful organizations add holistic value to their communities. Our government and community relations professionals use methods that encourage social impact and accountability to develop your mission-driven work. Find out how at PistolandStigma.com or contact us at 1-844-476-5448. That's 1-844-476-5448. Pistol and Stigma, connecting people to policy and you to your community. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. listening to everyday cannabis if you have a question or comment about our show please send an email to eva at everydaycannabisradio.com 
That's Eva at EverydayCannabisRadio.com. Now, back to the show. Hi, welcome back to Everyday Cannabis with Eva Sativa. That's me, Boris, the service dog who's sleeping right now in my lab, Katie Ryder. And we are speaking with our fabulous guests today, Mickey Norris, Lauren Vasquez, and Chris Conrad, who uh, are, uh, there's so many things that they do. I couldn't, it would take a whole show to explain it. But today we're talking about Alma, the uh, Adult Use uh, Marijuana Act. And uh, we are going to pick up uh, a little bit where we left off. There's just so much to talk about. Um, I think Katie was going to ask a question. Sure. Uh, So we've been talking about, you know, legalizing cannabis in California. Other states that we've seen do it, there's been a a big driving force that is tax revenue. Uh, We've seen politicians who normally don't support, uh, you know, patient access, put huge support behind uh, initiatives that are going to bring in lots of money, especially after the money starts coming in. So what can you guys predict in terms of future tax revenues uh, if Alma passes, and where do we see that money going? Well, there's going to be a really a lot of great things that the tax revenue uh, from from Prop 64 does, and it's all specifically allotted. So the politicians can't divert it and, and send it to their pet projects. Uh, uh, so they're going to be taxing both cultivation and um, uh, an excise tax at retail at, at the cash register uh, to the consumer. Uh, now, patients will be exempt from state sales tax, but uh, they will be subject to the other taxes, which are expected to bring in about a billion uh, dollars, uh, <laughs> just a small chunk of change. Wow. Um, and some of that is allotted to specific things, um, specific departments like the CHP to do research on driver impairment, um, also to the California Center for Medicinal Cannabis Research to look at the science of cannabis. Um, but some of the, the bigger chunks of money are going to go first to youth uh, drug abuse prevention and treatment. Uh, we want to help our young people with interventions to, to keep them from getting in trouble in the first place. And most importantly, to, to keep them in school, keep them from going into the school to prison pipeline. Uh, additionally, the taxes are going to pay for some environmental cleanup. Um, you know, we've had some growers, unfortunately, cause some harm. And um, so the tax revenue is going to go go to, to fix that. Uh, we also have tax revenue going to um, local police agencies, but only if they allow commercial activity um, in those cities um, that those police departments are in. So and that's, that's really important because this is a care <laughs> Thing, you know, like I say, there, there's still penalties uh, for people who, who don't follow the rules for personal use, but also the cities also have to follow rules. Yeah, and if they decide, you know, that they're not going to allow this cannabis activity, they're not going to get those law enforcement funds, but they will continue to get the, the funding for the youth and the environmental cleanup. Um, also, you know, a lot of this tax money is, it's not just one year it's every year it's hundreds of millions of dollars that are adding up over time and so 
the the amount of money that's going to go to the youth is just uh, it's tremendous, and it's it's not just um, drug treatment programs. It's things like after school programs, and it's things like family counseling and and family drug abuse treatment. So when we're talking about the kids in Prop sixty four, uh, we really want to stress how this is going to help kids from getting in trouble, and it's going to help them from getting a permanent record that ruins their lives. And so um, the the final big chunk of tax money is going to go to um, economic development in communities that have been harmed by prohibition. So this is additional things like job programs and expungement clinics and um, resources for people to start small businesses and and have support doing that. So um, the tax money is really going to do a lot to restore Mm -hmm. some of the harm that's been caused by prohibition here in California, environmentally, socially. Um, and, and then it, moving into the future, um, it's going to keep these programs funded and it's not going to go away. We're going to be able to sustain, you know, so many good programs in our state that right now we just can't afford to do. I'd like to add, uh, Lauren touched on the youth programs and the good news about this initiative is the way it treats young people. That, that's one of my favorite things about it actually is because what it does is it prevents them from getting any criminal record. If you're under 18 and you get uh, caught for your youthful indiscretions, what will happen is that they will be offered drug education or treatment plus community service. And upon turning 18, they will have no criminal record that's going to burden them for their for the rest of their lives. But they will get, there's a lot of money for, for helping youth and then there's also money to implement this, uh, this initiative and to study to make sure that it's being implemented in a good way. This is just the beginning. This, this Prop 64 is the beginning of legalization. It's not what it's going to look like in 20 years from now. They're going to be tweaking it and working with it because it allows the, the legislature to actually make a, amendments, as Chris had mentioned earlier, to make sure that, that we're doing it in a right way, that we're protecting kids, that we're get, getting rid of the illicit market. And we they need to be studying how the initiative is being implemented so that they can make fixes along the way so that they can uh, implement it to further the intents and purposes of the initiative, which is to protect kids while it's also protecting adult rights and, and legal access and the whole thing. So there's a, there's a lot of good things in this initiative that, that we're all excited about. Yeah, no, we, we actually learned a lot from what's happened in other states with their initiatives. For example, in Colorado, they put a per se, uh, excuse me, they, they put, uh, they didn't allow on-site consumption and they did not put a limit on what the dosage would be for edibles. So uh, with this initiative, both of those things are, are covered, on-site consumption, and there's a 10 milligram per dose. You can have multiple doses, but it has to be clearly designated at 10 milligrams so people don't accidentally overdose. We saw what happened in Washington state with the per se limit on driving, which does not test impairment, it just tests how much THC there is in your blood, uh, which is completely inaccurate. And so this initiative is actually funding uh, research into impaired driving, including marijuana, not just isolating marijuana, but the whole question of why are people driving impaired and how can police tell who those people are and get them off the roads and stuff. And it's got a ton of protections uh, against children getting access to it. You would have to be over 21 to buy it. 
The stores have to check your ID. If they don't, they can lose their license. It has to be in childproof packaging. It has to be uh, not marketed to children at all um, and, and things like that. Or, or I think that really uh, the concern for protecting children, for making sure the streets are safe, uh, these are all things that were built into the way that this initiative. Uh, so it's actually a pretty conservative approach, wouldn't you say, Lauren? Absolutely, absolutely. Um, it, Mickey said it. It's it's in incremental change and just one step at a time, one step at a time. But we're going to make such such a change. It's going to really have an impact on people's lives. I'm reading this note here that uh, Chris wants to bring expungement paperwork to the uh, election night party, and what what better way to to show people how this is going to change lives. Because it actually, the social justice aspects go into effect at midnight after the election. Uh, the uh, business licensing is going to be phased in over the next uh, year and a half or two years. Is that the way that works, Lauren? Yeah, it's going to take a few years. Um, the The state still needs to develop much of the details of the commercial licensing program. The framework is there, but that will go into effect um, 2018. So um, no adult use stores just yet, but the criminal laws will be repealed instantly. Will there be any mechanisms for getting uh, these communities who have actually been affected by the drug war to have a chance to participate in the industry? Or will they just lose out to, you know, guys from Silicon Valley or large companies from out of state? Well, that's well, really going to be up to us. You know, we, we um, you know, it, it, it just depends on if we're going to make sure the resources go where they need to go so some of these tax funds can go to these communities to provide grants to small businesses because right now um, minority-owned businesses they there's federal loans but they're not eligible for cannabis businesses um, so there's ways that uh, you know we we can make positive impacts but we just have to make sure that the resources are are, are widely used um, for those purposes because um, right now you know there's they a lot are right at the initiative of about that, though, uh, it has a lot of specific things. It favors small businesses by uh, reducing the fees depending on the size of the business. It limits it to Californians being Californians being able to own them. It has multiple anti-monopolistic uh, characteristics to it. It has anti-price fixing. It has anti-redlining. Uh, it allows people who have prior records to get into the business. I, like I say, some people they call it a rap sheet. If it's marijuana here in California, we call it a resume. A resume. <laughs> These people are going to get on board. Um, it has hardship waivers. It has uh, the ability for nonprofits to get in there. And it puts a. It doesn't allow big businesses to get into the cultivation side of it for five years. So there's a lot of things that are really built in there. The, the idea of this initiative is to move the current gray market or illicit markets above board. So in other words, the, the counterculture or the illicit uh, market, you might want to say, to the over-the-counter culture where it'll be regulated like other products. And, and that means purity uh, and quality controls are going to be in effect, uh, and it's all going to be labeled very carefully. And so, so uh, yeah, I think it's really going to be very helpful, and it's, it's really designed to keep the, the big multinationals out of it. They also don't have that good of an interest, that, as you know, um, Eva and Katie, that Right now, because it's illegal under federal law, people can't do businesses between different states. And so the right. idea that some big multinational corporation is going to get in there, if they try that, they're at risk of having all their assets seized by the federal government. And I don't think there's very many corporations that would want to risk that. And I know that the stakeholders of the corporations are not going to risk that. Right. I think right now what we're seeing is mostly just um, companies like that acquiring brands 
um, and, you know, uh, faces of their potential brands and not actually moving into touching the plant at this point. So you're right. We do have a few years at least. Yeah, but I love the idea of uh, it's so creative of, of, you know, merging the skills of the people who have been doing this for so long um, and, and allowing them to have a chance in the industry because, you know, before it was, like I said, before it was an industry, it was a movement and people were risking their lives every day to be able to make this available. Um, oh, we got a, a break coming up here in a second. Uh, and so I, I'd just like to remind uh, everybody that we, uh, how to get onto the website again. Um, it is, what, would you like to say that? Uh, website again? Uh, <laughs> it's a... Uh, uh, Chris, your website. We, well, we've got the Leaf Online www.cannabisconsumers.org, uh, www.hr95.org. But for if it's for 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 Alma for the adult use of marijuana ballot, um, what you want to check out is friends uh, of prop64.org. And we also have a Facebook page, so please come to our Facebook page. Uh, You know, some ways that's more active in certain ways than the website is, but we have a nice website. Lauren uh, put it together. And there's also yesson64.org. That's that's the official uh, campaign uh, website, and they should check that out. And my website is chrisconrad.com. So uh, everybody, I know you've written all that down and you remember it, but really just Google it if you've forgotten and you'll find it. <laughs> all right. We'll be right back and I uh, look forward to, uh, to, talk, to talking about some more uh, of these really interesting and important major topics in the cannabis world today. And I hope you stay tuned to listen in. We'll be right back after these messages. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Cannabis is your passion, and you've worked hard to build your business. But the industry is evolving. Every day, new regulations make it harder to stay competitive. At Greenlight Drafts, we think compliance should make it easier. Our operations, plans, policies, and procedures can help your business comply with complicated and time-consuming requirements. While cannabis may be your passion, ours is compliance. Call us today at 844-GRN-LGHT. That's 844-GRN-LGHT. Or visit us online at greenlightdrafts.com. Do you want your business to change the world? At Pistol and Stigma, we know that the most successful organizations add holistic value to their communities. Our government and community relations professionals use methods that encourage social impact and accountability to develop your mission-driven work. Find out how at PistolandStigma.com or contact us at 1-844-476-5448. That's 1-844-476-5448. Pistol and Stigma, connecting people to policy and you to your community. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Voice America. 
listening to Everyday Cannabis. If you have a question or comment about our show, please send an email to Eva at EverydayCannabisRadio.com. That's Eva at EverydayCannabisRadio.com. Now, back to the show. And welcome back, everybody. Uh, I hope you had a nice 420 break and are ready to uh, listen to some more really fascinating information from uh, the creators of Alma. And uh, we're going to pick it right back up and not waste any time because we we have them here and we, we want to know stuff. <laughs> right. So I think Katie had a question for them uh, about uh, how this is going to affect employment. Um, but uh, we're just kind of wondering, you know, about the industry. And uh, Katie, what were you going to ask? We were kind of talking over the break. Yeah, uh, Mickey, I think you were saying that we can expect pretty big uh, job creation uh, due to the cannabis industry. You know, I know there's already a lot of jobs here, but this would would add even more. What can you tell us about the scale of that? What kind of jobs that might be and how people might want to get involved? Well, there's 17 licenses that are available, for one thing, from cultivation to manufacturing to retail. And so all of those businesses are going to need a lot of uh, employees if they can't get their own license. But aside from that, the ans- the ancillary industries, um, packaging, uh, promotion, marketing, branding, um, there's there's so many. Chris Chris has a new book, The Newbie's Guide to Cannabis in the Industry, and he can he can talk maybe a little bit more about that as well. What what other kinds of opportunities? Oh yeah, no, I, I'd love to do that. My my new book. The Newbie's Guide to Cannabis and the Industry, it introduces people to cannabis uh, who aren't familiar with it or who know a little bit and want to know more. But it also shows people how to get involved with the cannabis industry and how much it's like other businesses, but also how much it's not like them. And one of the main things that it's not like them in is that we're right now uh, moving it to an above-ground employment uh, and and business opportunity, which it has not been. It's been limited to uh, illicit growers and gangs and stuff like that up to this point. So these opportunities are going to be vast. The, the, and the Prop 64 doesn't cap the number of licenses for these different things. Uh, there's this one license I think is really important to talk about is the um, uh, small micro-business license, which allows for a company to get one license that will allow them to cultivate, process, wholesale, retail, transport, distribute, uh, and they'll have on-site consumption uh, all at the same location. So it's kind of oh like, my goodness. That's like a amazing. craft beer or like a microbrewery, but even more than that. Uh, and so these are business opportunities for investors, for people who want to own businesses, for people who want to work in the businesses, for people who want to consult. Then you look at the other things like making packaging uh, and, and, and making what we saw ancillary products uh, that people use, pipes, uh, things like that, that people can get into businesses from all these things. And some people would jokingly say munchies, but that might not even be a joke. You know, that might be a real. Yeah, well, me, real me, me. I want to go to all of those places and do all of those things. They sound fun. <laughs> so, so the let number me of know when it's only, happening. It's I'm, only I'm really there. limited by our. Uh, <laughs> it's only limited by imagination of what we do with this, and and so this is. I think this is the opening of a new emerald era for California, and 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 what, as California it. goes, thus goes the coast. We've got Washington already. We've got Oregon already. We've got. 
uh, Alaska already. We've got uh, Mexico looking at legalizing up to an ounce of marijuana. We've got Canada talking about legalizing an ounce of marijuana. And, and so uh, I think California has to pass this. Otherwise, we're not going to have the West Coast all un- un- legalized by the end of the year. And fortunate, fortunately, our, our polling is very good at this point. It's in the high 50s, about 58 percent. It's it's gone anywhere from 58 to to 71 percent. So, it's looking yeah. good in California. But there's a, it, there's also going to be initiatives on the ballot in Nevada and Arizona and Massachusetts and Maine. Mm-hmm. So uh, we need to pass it in California because we're the sixth largest economy in the world. And if we do it, the ramifications are going to be just unbelievable. The message is going to be huge to the to the rest of our country, that it Absolutely. should move everything forward. It should push the the uh, the federal government and, and our, our Congress people in that direction as well, that we really need to get going and and change the, the banking rules and, and how people are doing business. So um, it's, it's going to have a very significant impact if we win. I think, you know, the message just is so huge. But I mean, yeah, I mean, California is is known for being, you know, uh, that uh, before even before Colorado. I mean, I, I, you know, there's a whole Colorado versus Cali thing. I've lived in Colorado, and I love them both. But you know, people are going to look to see what happens, and it's going to make a difference for a lot of states to follow. So this is a really important moment in history that could forever. Uh, change the course of history and uh, that's why it's so important for people to not be apathetic about it but to get out there and 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 vote and make sure that they they tell their friends that they spread this information that people understand what's going on and and so you know let let people know how how can they get involved is there uh, anything that people can do to get involved um, that live in California or even elsewhere? Yes, well, well, people can come to Friends of Prop 64. We're asking people to, to show their support by, by coming there. If they send us a photo and their name, we'll, put, we'll add them to show the, the, the diversity of support that, that we're gaining in California as well. I There's did that. <laughs> yeah. You're going to get us up there yeah. for sure. Yeah, me and Boris were up there. <laughs> and, and, you know, there, we have a lot of partners in this as well. If, if there's students out there, if they want to get involved with the Students for Sensible Drug Policy, they, they're taking on some um, tasks to do. They want to register people to vote. People need to be registered to vote in order to, to vote for this. And, and yes. uh, we're going to need help to get out the vote. So if they go to yeson64.org, they can also uh, volunteer. They could add their names to a volunteer list. And when the time comes to do more, you know, the, the campaign will be in touch with them. We also need a lot of help with social media promotion for people who can go to our Facebook page or to our website and uh, and let people uh, you know post to their friends and so forth. Uh, I think Lauren can tell you more about how we're operating that, but we really need to get the the buzz out there with only two months left before the election. Yes, Lester. please like us on, on on our friends of Prop sixty four page uh, on Facebook. Yeah, and just tell your friends on Facebook we're still really trying to get people excited about this initiative. Uh, a lot of folks are still on the fence. And so by just sharing on Facebook Friends of Prop 64, letting people know you support it, that really does go a long way, even though you might think, oh, I'm just 
liking this page. You know, the more people who do, the more we're going to, you know, get people excited because we really do need the support to win. It's not, it's not in the bag. It's, it's, it's uh, we, we got to get everybody on board still. Yeah, and we there's so many tweets and stuff like that too. Tweet about it. Okay. Yeah, yes. it might show up in your parents' newsfeed, and maybe that's just the little nudge they need to go from a no <laughs> to a yes. Uh, well, you never know that the one little thing mm-hmm. that you put out there may re- just reach that one person right at the right time, and 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 a miracle can happen. I'm afraid that we're going to have to close the show, and I'm so I'm so sad because I could I could talk with you forever. I really hope that you will come back uh, together or separate sometime and uh, update us on what you're doing, what your progress is, and I hope the next uh, time that we speak, it will have passed, and <laughs> we'll be speaking about that. Uh, is there anything, uh, any burning desire to say anything before we leave? Uh, anyone had anything that they wanted to get out there? Sure, we well, need people to remember to vote on November the 8th, get your friends out to vote on November the 8th, and then on November the 9th, maybe we could schedule a program about the Newbie's Guide to Cannabis in the Industry, because the opportunities are going to explode after November 9th. And I know, I think some dispensaries are giving out, you know, discounts and stuff for people who, who vote, you know, so there's some incentive there, too. <laughs> you can also uh, early vote in California, so you don't have to wait until the last day. Awesome. So I'm excited to see to see a new era of legal cannabis use where it's not just recreational, it's for our wellness, it's for people who use it for their spirituality, for their creativity, or whatever personal use you you enjoy cannabis for. And we'll have that right. And so we're very excited and thank you so much for having us on this show. Yeah, thank, thank you, you so much for being here. Thank you so much, my people, for listening. If you didn't catch the whole show or want to turn a friend onto it, you you know where to find me. Uh, anywhere you can find a podcast, the live episodes go first to Voice America, of course. Uh, archived episodes are, are out there. Anywhere you can listen to a podcast. Um, until next week, please keep your minds and hearts open. Be the change you want to see in the world. And Boris says... Please do something nice for a dog that you know. Keeping it real. See you next week. Thank you for tuning in to Everyday Cannabis. Please join Eva Sativa for another episode next Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Until then, no sticks, no seeds, no shame. again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the voice america variety channel for more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest please visit voiceamericavariety.com the voice america talk radio network is the worldwide leader in live internet talk radio visit voiceamerica.com the views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the voice america talk radio network it's staff and management.